0: Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And I'm very excited because I've got not one but two guests in this show. After a strange week, here we are. It's all worked out lovely. My name's Leon Cox and I'm here with Luke Earl. Hello. Welcome, Luke. And, okay, incredibly, Nathan McCree. It's Nathan McCree. Hello. You know, that Nathan, that tune you just heard, and if you're of a certain age, similar age to me, maybe a bit younger, maybe even a little bit older, you probably recognise today's opening theme the incredible Tomb Raider theme. We've played it on here before. Sorry about that, Nathan. Hope you don't mind. No, um, that's fine by me. <laughs> uh, in an editorial uh, critical context, obviously.
1: Um, okay, I hope use. it wasn't <laughs> too critical.
0: <laughs> oh, God, no. It was picked in a very early show. We've been doing the show since 2014 now. And I picked it in, I think, like Sound of Play 7 or something like that. Because wow. it's an all-timer, you know. it's It's the Tomb Raider theme. And you're the man that wrote it. So after a strange week where Luke and I <laughs> yeah. discovered each other's existence via social media, uh, here we are in about, yeah, probably about six, seven, eight days later. And yeah, it's just one of those serendipitous things. So for those who don't follow us on social media, let's start off by explaining what went on. So Luke Earl, <laughs> tell us about Sound of Play. Which one? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, so... About a year ago, i um made a soundscape with the BBC um titled "Sound of play you did and um yeah, it's sort of been talking about it on social media for a while now, Nathan um, did some tracks for us, which is amazing, um, yes, which we can talk well, about you. at some point, but yeah, <laughs> so I put it on Twitter, and then um the games you loved shared it which is that's great. Right. It's like, wow, you know, that's that's great news. Like, you know, this a big um, social media presence shared it. And then <laughs> a fan of the Sound of Play podcast <laughs> alerted me and, I guess, yourself to the fact yeah. that, uh, hey, there's this, you do know there's this podcast called Sound of Play. And I was just like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, you responded. But I think the problem with social media is that, you can never tell what the tone is. Tone is absolutely. So yeah. I sort of just didn't respond because I was like, well, I don't know. If- yeah, it it yeah. could have been like, oh, no, or oh, great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so, yeah. So then, you know, more of um, your fans started to comment a little bit on it and I sort of took it in jest, but it was one of those situations where um, I just got in touch with the production company, which we created with Rural Media and was like, I want to respond, but you know the magic of social media would probably make me sound like there's a problem <laughs> there which there really isn't so yeah i'll let Elle yeah. do that sort of reach out and yeah it sort of worked out all right Hopefully. i love
0: that we've kind of resolved it in probably the most collaborative and you know yeah. communal way possible by basically come on the show you know let's just let's just talk about it and yeah like, you know um, t- talking talk together like normal human beings basically. absolutely and <laughs> and as a massive humongous bonus to us you were like oh yeah and i can bring nathan mccree as well <laughs> yeah it's like um yeah okay we'll do that yeah sure yeah so yeah what what is your, your so well you've you've sort of explained but your sound of play uh, exists on the internet. People can go and listen to it right now, or preferably after they've finished this podcast. Yes. Uh, we're going to hear a snatch of it in a little bit. But uh, what what sparked that project?
2: Yeah. So um, I had finished an MA in writing and wanted you know to work on a project, and I wasn't quite sure what that was. And I mean, Electra got in touch and said, "Well, there's this." Um, Production company, Rural Media, the BBC have launched this new um, scheme called New Creative. So anyone between 16 and 30 can make a piece of um, audio, video or interactive art and it gets put on a BBC platform. It gets put on BBC Sounds and then possibly on one of their other many um, places. It could be on the BBC. So obviously very exciting, you know, like, wow, you know, a chance to get a BBC credit in some ways because it's quite difficult. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I spoke to Royal Media a bit and I was like, well, I don't really want to do something with words because that's what I've done for, like, the last year intensively yeah. on the, the MA. And I was like, look, I really don't want to do that again. But I'm really interested in, like, arcades and sort of that atmosphere when you walk into an arcade, like a oh, classic, yeah. sort of like the arcade club in Um, Manchester for example you just get that real um, ephemeral experience Um, and it sort of went from there and sort of trying to capture those I guess from my end capture the sounds which sort of miss now so you know music is such a big part of gaming but the actual steps preceding actual gameplay the actual setup clicking the buttons putting the cartridge in the Blowing uh, in the cartridge, blowing in the cartridge, <laughs> swearing wearing, at the tape loader, yeah, at the tape loader, yeah. It, you know, it was trying to capture those like unique moments, which uh, sort of get lost, and I don't think really has been it gets talked about as much as it probably sh- should, because it's quite mm. you know iconic sounds like the PlayStation disc loading sound, which is featured yeah, on the right. track, is like that's yes. iconic and it's Absolutely. quite cool. And yeah, then, it's
0: evocative in itself.
2: Yeah. You know, and then it's sort of like, who do you get on board? And sort of me and Nathan have sort of become friends over the years. And it was like, well, you know, he's worked on more or less all of these platforms. So yeah. he's like the perfect guy. And I am saying to rural Media, I was like, look, that's who I want. I want Nathan. And they were like, and they were sort of quite sceptical about, like, yeah, we'll we'll reach out to him, but, you know, he <laughs> might not respond. And I'm like, I think he will. <laughs> You know, he's done the Tomb Raider theme. Yeah. Like, he's probably busy. I'm like, yo, let's just, let's, let's do it. And then we did, and yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was good fun, actually. It
1: was yeah. really, really good fun doing it, you know, go, going back and, and trying to sort of create those sounds again from those consoles. Yeah. It was, With it was a nostalgic music. experience.
0: I was going to say because your earliest credits uh, as a composer were on some 16-bit games around the uh, with the Mega Drive. You had Asterix and Bubba and Sticks, yeah, and, uh, and Chuck Rock Two. I guess that was the Amiga C- uh, CD. Yeah, in fact,
1: Ch- uh, yeah, Chuck Rock Two was my first CD project.
0: Yes, yeah. right, and um, I noticed on the on the Sound of Play uh, piece, you've got uh, some uh, in the 16-bit section because um, it's quite a it's sort of a a whiz through time, the whole thing yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few sort of sound effects in there that I could just about pick up from games, but also there's um there's stuff that sounds like it's just it's meant to capture the the atmosphere of the time without specifically referencing games. So what was your role, Nathan, in actually doing that? Did you actually have to speak to the original hardware to get some of those noises or did you recreate them somehow?
1: Uh, yeah, it, w- it was quite difficult actually with, yeah, with the with um, <laughs> the <laughs> with the chip music consoles because I didn't have a console set up and I didn't have right. um, you know my sound editor which I used on the Mega Drive you know mm. to actually create sounds. So I said to Luke, you know, actually this is going to be quite difficult. Where are we going to get the sounds from? Yeah. Um, so we did a bit of head bashing and, and I thought, well, what I should do is basically just sample sounds from the Mega Drive from existing games or existing music that I'd already written for the Mega Drive. So I just did that. I just literally picked out notes um, where they were, um, you know, standing on their own in various pieces of music that I'd written. So I sort of pulled out a few sounds and then literally just created an imaginable uh, game soundtrack Which included obviously sound effects and what have you. So I sort of I wrote a quick tune using these sounds, and then also you know imagine some character jumping around collecting coins, Mm -hmm. you know progressing through some kind of bonus section where the you know the coins keep getting higher and higher and higher as you collect more in a sequence. This kind of thing, which is basically predominantly the kind of games that were that were going on in that sort of period. So, yeah, it was a bit of a cheat. But nonetheless, the sounds that you heard were actually from that console. Awesome. Let's hear a little
0: segment of Sound of Play. Um, so, Luke, if you could just explain what part of the history of gaming this encapsulates, this little uh, clip.
2: Yeah. So I think the, the bit which I quite enjoyed the most from it was um, capturing sort of that era of tapes. Yeah because i'm not from that era so that was quite interesting thinking like you know how did people actually use tapes um so i sort of learned started setting up spectrums and things like that so this is this section is i guess the computer era in britain that sort of 80s era
0: Wonderful stuff, and that is from Sound of Play. The other Sound of Play, as it shall <laughs> ever be known, around <laughs> yeah. these parts anyway. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I should, I should also. The, I think part of the reason that um, people were uh, sort of alerted to, it, as well as it, yeah, games you loved we had a we had a similar but not quite the same thing uh, um last year when Jess Curry started her radio sound three of show sound of <laughs> exactly and that people was. were going hold on a minute people were saying to us like is are you okay with this and as nathan said to be in the virtual green room of course you can't you can't copyright words as such i mean we can uh, we can certainly look at trademarking a unique Um, sequence of words or something like that but well you can you
1: can copyright graphics but you can't copyright words so you know you can have hundreds of artists all writing a piece of music with exactly the same title absolutely But how it's actually displayed is where the copyright comes in indeed um Yeah,
0: so yeah. It, it was kind of following off the back of that is like, and because we saw BBC were involved in some way as BBC Arts, but yes. we were just for a minute we were like, so hang on, have they read? Have they rebranded their their sound of yeah. gaming? <laughs> um, so that was what. That yeah, was about. you can anyway. see
2: it was quite. Yeah, from my perspective, it was just like one of those like the worst situation I could have imagined at that oh, stage no, God, because no. you're sort of just sharing stuff <laughs> and you know just in that particular moment because the thing is like. Because me and Nathan have worked on the Tomb Raider suite a little bit, and I've helped with as much as like I can, you know, sharing stuff on social media and sort of like doing a little bit on that. And I mm. see sort of the hate Nathan gets, which is like, you know, oh, some god. people are just he gets trolls, it's and insane. it just was those moments where I was like, oh my god, I, I'm becoming Nathan McCree. <laughs> <laughs> no luckily our, our, our followers and fans are, it's a fairly modest number no of them, they were so. they were nice i think they took it in jest I, as well yeah, and, absolutely um i do sort of get your point with that because um it, it, at work we're, we're quite big fans of the sound of gaming um on bbc yeah, be. and yeah. um i when this happened i sort of talked to my colleague about it and i was like oh, yeah there's this there's the sound of play podcast it's been going for so long and then t- today he was like yeah i'm on episode 14 and he's just been listening to it this past week consistently. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, he's now just working his way through. because, oh, well, it, yeah, that's, that's quite a back catalogue. Yeah, it's great.
0: Fantastic. Well, yeah,
2: that's, you know, that's,
0: uh, so that's all we'd like to... Yeah, that's the only gain we need to get out of it, uh, plus yourselves being on the show. And talking about the that sort of almost Pavlovian response to the sounds of the CD drive and the cassette loader and stuff like that, this next piece that we're going to feature immediately from the opening few bars uh sends me straight back to well cacking myself basically as a 24 year old (laughs) entering that valley in the very first tomb raider game this is a much uh a kind of uh embolstered and enhanced version um so before we hear the legendary t-rex piece from tomb raider uh Nathan, tell us a bit more about what the
1: Tomb Raider Suite is. So, the Tomb Raider Suite is um, a collection of the most popular cues from Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3. Um, And those cues have been extended and embellished out to uh, at least three minutes each. Mm. Um, Because, you know, a lot of the game cues were, you know, Sub minute length. Yes. So, you know, I wanted to kind of make each piece a standalone piece. So they've all been stretched out. um Some of them not, because some of them were actually already three minutes. So that was yeah. fine. But a, a lot of them have been stretched out. So there's, a, I would say, there's probably about 50% new material in the Tomb Raider suite. And um uh, I, I had to be a little bit careful about how I wrote those extensions because obviously my writing style has has changed quite a bit in 20 years. Yeah, I had to sort of, you know, check myself a little bit and and make sure I was writing in the same style as I did 20 years earlier. Uh, So basically, the Tomb Raider Suite is a collection of uh, 24 tunes um, from those first three games, and it's all been scored for a live orchestra. We took it to Abbey Road, and we recorded the album with the Royal Philharmonic, Orchestra and the Metro Voices Choir. Heavenly. And yeah, what an experience that was. And I'll so bet. this version of the T Rex is from that album.
0: That was, of course, T Rex, but the Tomb Raider Suite version by my guest Nathan McCree. Um, Yeah, like they brought that back, or they brought that scene back in in Tomb Raider Legend. Of course, I can't remember. They did. Did Tomb Raider Legend use your cues, or did it did it
1: change? I'm not. not, I don't. I don't think Legend did the the anniversary. Anniversary. Sorry. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Yeah. Sorry, yeah, okay. So the anniversary, yes, they did. They used quite a few of my tunes, which were reworked by yeah. uh, Charles Folman. Ah, okay. Um and his arrangements were um, you know, great to listen to, but but bigger, more sort of Hollywood productions, mm. more sort of bombastic orchestral productions. Um, not quite the the sort of intimate style that I wrote. Yeah. Um yeah. but nonetheless still great to listen to, really good productions. Um yeah, I I I enjoyed listening to his stuff. Great. And have you heard any of the the more sort of uh
0: s- rather than whereas that might be a, a reorchestration or a cover version or a reimagining of your work, what we've had with the the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy is occasional nods and homages to your original themes. Have you, heard, um, have you heard
1: much of that? In in well, in the reboot series, there's not much of it, but there is a nod to Venice in the in the Croft Manor. Um, Lara finds an old record player, and when yeah. she plays it, uh, Venice is playing on the on the record, and she says, oh, "I recognise I I, I recognise <laughs> this music or something." Yeah, yeah. So there's a nice little nod there, um, but I think thematically um the music has changed in the reboot series since yeah. 2013 yeah. yeah i don't i don't i don't know i don't know why that decision was made i've no mm. idea um but there you go there's never been anything quite like the uh,
0: the original music for me i have to say as somebody who was there i even i was one of those people who even bought it on the saturn before the ps1 version oh, wow. came out that was uh, a, a true <laughs> cool. early adopter of Tomb Raider, uh, launch day 1996. It's in uh, your blood, mate. That's Yes, it, it is. You know. Absolutely.
2: Definitely. And <laughs> no,
0: what really. about, if I can ask you as well, I don't know if you've ever spent any time with them, but obviously we've had three Tomb Raider films, two quite some time ago, but they're on, they're forever on um, iPlayer. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we had the, the recent uh, attempt with Alicia Vikander as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have you watched those? Do you do you kind of ruin not being involved in scoring those oh. movies? Or? Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's a bittersweet story, is it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I was uh, pursuing the score for the first movie. Right. And And I did go to Hollywood and I met with Lloyd Levin. Mm. and he said he wanted me involved and to go back to England and meet the director, so I did. I went to Pinewood Studios and I met Simon West. He asked me to write some, if you like, demonstration or some pitch music for the movie, so I did that. And then I just heard nothing. And Uh then some months later, I kind of sent a nudge, you know, what's going on, what's going on? And by this point, the music, the, 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 the movie was too far in production and they'd Mm. already sorted out a composer and that was the end of that. Oh, right. I'm sorry I brought it up. That's all right. Later (laughs) I learned the composer was actually uh, an old school friend of Simon West. So, you know, Ah. again, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Jobs for (laughs) the boys. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was that. So, you know, yes, I've watched the first movie and I watched the second one and the second one was um, a little bit more interesting because Alan Silvestri was involved and I do yeah. like Alan Silvestri's work Sure, and he actually um, uh, made a statement in one of his uh, interviews that uh, his music was based on the original material written by me. So that was a really lovely oh, thing to cool. read. Yeah. Mm. Um, and also here, you know, you can, you can, you can hear that, you know, his melodies have, have come from the original tune maker stuff. So it's, that was really nice. Um, I haven't actually had time to look at the third movie yet. I've got five kids and they certainly wow. eat at my time.
0: <laughs> that's uh that's pretty full on. Yeah. Uh I I have watched the recent Tomb Raider. Uh, Is it good? Uh um, it, okay. I mean yeah, I would I would I would go along with Luke there. It's it's not unwatchable. Um it's it's quite uh it's got it's got quite a lot in common with the 2013 game but probably uh, yeah there's i mean it's the script is quite stupid i, I would say okay. um but it's not it's not poorly made or anything it's it's right. not a. Com- it's not a complete car crash it's quite slick i would say it's just not
1: yeah i was gonna say because the director it. is is you know pretty cool and he's done some pretty interesting stuff yeah um yeah so and and the production company too is pretty well established so Absolutely. i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought it was a um you know a, it's a no budget production
0: for sure. Um,
1: no. Yeah, I, I think it's hanging in the balance as
0: to whether they're going to continue or not. I
2: think they've announced uh, a, a second one. Actually. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what i it was. I think it was quite recently. I think they've only just gone into um, production with oh, it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always good from my perspective because um, I'm from Derby and every time there's a new Tomb Raider ah, film, right. we, we always show it at um, the local um, independent cinema, Quad, um and we've had Nathan over a couple of times so it's yeah, like no gives fact. us chance to really celebrate um Tomb Raider in Derby oh, um, that's that is a, good yeah because well, we get like um Judith Gibbons who was the second voice actress uh, and mm. she regularly will come to these events and sort of talk about being the voice of Lara and you know it's quite nice hearing that perspective like being the face behind the scenes you know, you're not that's brilliant you're just the voice essentially whereas compared to yeah what you know start,
1: I think I think like any any publicity around Tomb Raider is good publicity at the end of the day yeah, because definitely. it keeps the franchise alive and you know people keep thinking you know what's going to happen next is it going to be a classic you know revamp or is it going to be you know the the reboot sort of extension and I don't think it really matters which one goes on I think the important thing is that you know Lara Croft and Tomb Raider yeah. keep happening in the same way that James Bond keeps happening you know you get good yeah periods where you've got you know your sean connery period and you know roger moore and then there was a bit of a down period for a while with the other guys that i can't remember mm. their names and perhaps nobody else does you know and then you know you Boseman. get um yeah, yeah exactly brosnan came in and that sort of pulled it back up again yeah. and then you know the latest chap. Daniel Somebody remind me of his name, Daniel Craig. Exactly, and, and he was in the first Tomb Raider movie, wasn't he? He was. He yes. was. Full so, circle. So you know, and and I think he's an absolutely brilliant Bond. In fact, I think he's, you know, apart from maybe Sean Connery, he's he's the best in my eyes. Mm, so you King know, gamer I, too. Yeah, you know, I, I think franchise. You know, it can take these little dips and 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 dives and what have you, and you, you just have to kind of ride the storm and. You know, when new people come into the project, sometimes it can really t- take the franchise to a new level. Mm. So, you know, we shouldn't, um, you know, take a dig at any of these um, eras too much. We should just kind sure. of learn from it and just, you know, just hope that the thing keeps going. That That's the main thing. Oh, no doubt. No doubt it will. Now,
0: as we always do when we have a composer guest, uh, we like to ask them to bring some pieces from other games that they've admired uh, and or composers that they admire. Uh, right. This is this is a popular choice among composers, which uh, which I mean, it's completely understandable. As soon as you hear it, uh, this is your pick, Nathan. It's uh, the main theme from uh, Medal of Honor: a- Allied Assault, which was kind of the the predecessor to Call of Duty. What is it mm-hmm. for you as a composer that makes something like this by Michael Giacchino just stand out?
1: So the melody is just perfect uh mm. you know this guy is a genius um in my eyes and the choice of instruments he uses to play that melody and how how he changes it from instrument to instrument and how the orchestra um accompaniment changes to uh, to fit that new instrument each time the theme comes round. it's he's just done it so so well and not just with the main theme, but all through the game. I've played this game lots of times from start to finish. I am a bit addicted to it. Mm. Um, I've, I've just got a new PC, and the first thing I thought about was, <laughs> right, let's get Medal of Honor installed. <laughs> I want to Max see it himself. with full graphics capabilities. I want to play it again. Now, I love this music. I, I love what he's done, and, and he's done some fantastic work in, in Hollywood as well on every movie he's worked on. He's just a brilliant writer, in my eyes. I, I can't fault the guy.
0: So that was the main theme from Medal of Honor, the original Allied Assault game, uh, which was the PC game. There was a counterpart for consoles, as I recall, possibly different PS2 and Xbox games even. But uh, yeah, that's the real deal. We covered that game, actually, the PC version specifically, back in our Cane and Rinse podcast issue 148. Check out our back catalogue for more details. That was chosen by Nathan McCree, in case you've... Haven't been concentrating. We have got Nathan McCree here uh, and Luke <laughs> Earl as well.
2: Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> the man
0: behind the other Sound of Play. And Luke is, of course, why would he have done something, made something like Sound of Play if he wasn't a video games passionate m- person? Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing from this next next
2: pick, uh, you're uh, a Pokemon guy. Well, it's you were talking about, like, you know, when you discovered Tomb Raider. Yeah, the sort of, and I guess poke has been like two games which have really stuck throughout my life and that's tomb raider because that's what my dad used to play and we lived in derby now i feel um, old <laughs> yeah i was like five when it came out um and sort of the songs we've been playing they sort of really resonate like bring back childhood memories and then there's pokemon so we had the first you know i've always had the first game it's the only game which i've always bought the version of and i play through them and. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's not, not an obsession, but it's just like I feel I'm committed to it now, like it's a marriage. Sure. And have I've you just got the commit.
0: ongoing and complete, have you downloaded today's I new did. Pokemon Home app? Yes, <laughs> of course addict, I did. Luke, You addict, totally no. Luke.
2: once I'm into something, I'm into something. Like it just becomes <laughs> yes. a bit too much. Like I have a very um, kind girlfriend when it comes to things like exactly. this. Like She's just yeah. like me. for Forgo you know. the wife. You know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's and this... um yeah, I just love Pokemon, and um, yeah, the track which is going to be playing shortly, that's kind of, one. Pokemon Platinum was really a standout moment for me, because it kind of just took it to the next level, mm. and because they always do these, like, spin-off games, which, the you know, third to make one. you, the third one, which is, yes. will make you spend your money again, yeah, um, yeah. and I did, as I always do. Um, but it, I just felt like they did something kind of different and they really experimented, like really pushed the um, DS to what it could do and sort of like faux 3D graphics. So they'd have you sort of standing on like walls and things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just crazy. It was a, it was a good a good time. So in that case, we should actually specifically, you
0: you said uh, you didn't mind whether we played the the Amiga Ruby or Alpha Sapphire version or the Platinum version, but it sounds yes. like we should really go for the Platinum version. Is, is the music... Uh, th- is it different at
2: all? I think it's um, the same because I, I, exactly I was trying to point out, I was put both tracks on one after the other and I'm thinking I'm sure these are exactly the same. But yeah. I think, you know, it's the, the original with that will always be the best.
0: So that's jira Is it Giratina? I'm uh, my niece would be appalled. I, I, I,
2: I say Giratina, but you know Giratina. who knows? Like hard G, but, soft G. Yeah. yeah, I've
0: I've currently got a Pokemon and generally all things Nintendo crazy niece, uh, my partner's sister's daughter, who thinks I am you know a kind of the best uncle because I love the video <laughs> games and I have all the video games, um, but <laughs> the, unlike the her, games. I can't name all the Pokemon. Um, and in fact, even though I'm, I've been a gaming obsessive for uh, for decades or more, um, I am one of those people that I never remember the names of things in games. Like, I can tell you all kinds of crazy details about the making of the game and what's in the game. But like, whereas like my little cousin, he could name all the baddies from the Sonic the Hedgehog games.
1: Right? Yeah, but kids have got brilliant memories, haven't They're they? They're really yeah. good at that, yeah. <laughs> They haven't haven't started drinking alcohol, that's the thing That's it, yes (laughs) Yes.
0: So yeah, Giratina or Giratina The battle music by uh, Junichi Masuda and Go Ichinose And or I should say because uh, these things are mysterious But yes, that is of course Pokemon And as of today at the time of recording You'll be hearing this in a week There's like another 30 odd Pokemon have been made available uh, Yeah, yeah Sword and Shield
2: now we're, we're paying for Pokemon these days. Yes. Yeah, They've got us now. It's bound to happen. <laughs> it's yeah. bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yes. She's very it happens
1: much- in the end. I, fa- I found myself paying for something on Real Racing 3 recently, and I swore to myself that I would never pay <laughs> for anything on Real Racing 3. But after three years of playing it, I just they, had they to earned get earned this- it, right? Yeah. Hey? They've earned it, the developers yeah, of that game. Yeah, you know... Like I say, three years, and I've I've just clocked up five thousand races. I got twenty five gold. Wow. Today, I think you well, owe them some DLC money. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I wanted one of those Formula One cars, and, and I didn't quite make the deadline. So I thought bollocks, I've got to spend some money. <laughs> so Real I did. racing. Yeah. Good stuff. So good luck. Good. Good to them. It's such a brilliant game.
0: Yeah, I've heard so much about it, and um, yeah, it's a series that I've not, I've not really. uh, If you're into driving games, Real Mm.
1: Racing Three is just, just superb, particularly on on uh, you know mobile platforms. Yeah, you know wherever you are, you know you've just got your steering wheel in your hand, just you know turn it left and right. You know the gyroscopes and it, they just work perfectly. Yeah, that is that is pretty smart.
0: Next up, another pick uh, by a different composer from Nathan. So, actually, the composer for the game Homeworld was Paul Ruskay. But this is a piece that is absolutely ubiquitous in film, I would say. Uh, It's an amazing piece. You'll definitely have heard it. Um, It's often utilised in moments of trauma and tragedy. I don't actually know if this is the only example of it being used in video games.
1: I'm not sure actually. No. Um, but I'll tell you what, there are different versions of this piece of music. You know, Samuel mm. Barber calls it Adagio for strings. Mm. But the version that's used here um, in Homeworld um, is the vocal version mm. of Adagio for strings. So it's a yeah. bit of a strange title to have to actually not have any strings in it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I actually prefer the choral version um, yeah. to the string version, um, and I think where it was used in Homeworld just absolutely hit the spot. Um, and so, you know, for me, like I say, it, it, although the piece of music wasn't written for computer games, computer games didn't even exist when this guy wrote it. Mm. Um, I think it, it's just worth a mention because the the choice of the music and where it happened in the game was you know as important as um you know the composition in itself so i just kind of wanted to mention that um but if you don't want to play it oh no we do we definitely you want do to play. <laughs> okay. yeah
0: yeah no it's it, it's uh it's absolutely worth featuring i think um yeah normally i will we'll bend the rules when it's something that's uh yeah got a real unique uh reason or a a strong association with a particular game and i'm sure for those people who were uh, hooked on homeworld 20 years ago when that was the uh w- when the space science fiction rts was a on i mean I, I guess there are spiritual successes to homeworld but um i think you can still get this on good old games and play yeah it you know it,
1: it was the highest rating game of 1999 mm. You know, wow. it, 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 it was just, yeah, in, in Metacritic, it, it was the highest rating game. Um, it, it was a, a great game to play. Brilliant story, brilliant um, atmosphere all the way through it. So engaging. Um, I, I absolutely loved
0: it. So within the game, this is called Tears of Karan or Karan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Tears of Karan, <laughs> I would probably say. Let's say Karan. That's Samuel Barber's Adagio for strings, but with choirs, um, as interpreted <laughs> by Paul Ruskay for Relic's Home Homeworld. Uh, yeah, so that was the RTS where, after years of playing Command & Conquer and Conquering things, and just looking from the top down onto a what was, to all intents and purposes, a flat surface, uh, suddenly RTSs were completely
1: 3D, like... 4d chess yeah yeah brilliant (laughs) a brilliant step forward in gaming amazing now luke luke
0: your next pick is i like this one because we haven't featured it before and what we the one we have featured many times i think before or several at least is of course civ 4's baba yetu yes various versions of that people love it understandably it's a joyous thing but this one uh, so I've only got this game, actually. I've only got the Switch version because yes. it's insane. You can play Civ on your Switch. I know. Uh, and that's amazing. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, uh, so- Sogno di Volare, which means take to the sky, something like that. Yes. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, it
1: does. I did not yeah, know it's, that.
2: It's, um, yeah, Civ, it's great. Like I had it on PC, Civ 6, um, originally. Paid hundred, you know, played hundreds of hours of that. Bought DLC, you know, love the game, and then rebought it on Switch, um, and done the same thing again. Yeah, um, well, think- and yeah, and it's just you can sink so many hours into it. But it's that I think the thing about Civ is I think that first song you hear is probably mm. the most important that gets you in the, you know, yeah, let's let's go in, like build cities and like mm. grow an empire, and I think. Mm this song just does that like gets you really in the, the mood to play
0: yeah there's always a, a fairly because it's uh 2k it's for axis they can always afford a fairly uh expensive yeah. cg opening as well um yeah. and uh yeah the whole thing just just yeah screams at you to play it yeah this is christopher tin and uh sonio di Volare, the main theme from civ6 Sid Meier's Civilization VI, of course. You can now play that on your PC or your Mac or your iOS device, as I say, or your Switch. And recently, more recently, it's come to the, the current uh, big home consoles, the PS4 and Xbox One. Do we know, I don't know why I'm putting you on the spot here, but does it have cross-save functionality at all? Um,
2: the versions I believe between the PC and the Switch, it does um, yeah. have a cross-play. I think because you have to use uh, the 2K account with it yes Um, okay so i think they have started to put that in which makes sense i mean all these platforms there's very little now well i mean even with xbox series x like there is literally going to be no difference with different platforms so you may as well make everything compatible and cross saves so yes cross play next please if sony can start playing ball that would be nice thank you very much Yeah, very bizarre that that's not happened yet, I would say. Like you, yeah, there's so yeah. many games and it is Sony it seems holding, holding all the mainly. Yes. I think I, I yeah, felt what, the what,
0: floodgates were going to open once um, they allowed it for what was it? Uh Fortnite or Rocket League or
2: yeah, but, yeah, PUBG I think done or it with both. Something.
1: But Yeah, what well, what we need is one console saves all, you know? Yeah that's been the dream and yes it's and, plays of,
0: and plays all and plays all yeah portable exactly. and looks amazing both in handheld and 8k and uh, costs nothing costs nothing it's made of air um it's got no environmental impact uh <laughs> the dreams. Bill gates made of graphene <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: i'm sure bill gates will sort it yeah <laughs> yeah right um, and Luke, your uh, your final pick for this sound of play is uh, another popular choice. But we're actually going to play. We normally just play the the very opening bit, um, which was I think one of my very first picks mm. on the very first sound of play. And I think it's been probably picked by more professional video game music composers than any other piece as well. Which I think really? is testament to how uh, how an incredible a piece it, it is. So. And also um, to Luke's uh, incredible choice of music.
2: Thank you. Thank yeah, you. well
0: said, well said, well said. Uh, his, his exceptional taste. Um, exactly. So were you there in, in, I think it was August 2007 when Bioshock hit the shelves? I still have incredibly were, strong were you, memories. Were
1: you born then, Luke? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, I was born. Were I you old didn't... enough to play it? I just didn't play it. Um, no. No, I discovered it more recently. Oh, um, you were in think,
1: nappies, mate. You? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't, well, well, couldn't quite I, hold the control. I was sixteen, 16
2: and still in nappies. Oh, there oh, oh, some problems right. at home. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I've grown out of <laughs> development <now>. difficulties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's
1: get into Moved it, on Just um, a few so, years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was like about four years ago when I oh, of right, of discovered okay. the game. So I bought the trilogy because they have remastered. it. But I've had it on Steam for ages. You know, like when there's a sale on, it's like ninety nine p. It's there, it's been sat there for ages, and then they announced yeah. that, oh, everyone who got the uh, had the Steam versions would get the remastered for they free. They
0: did, yeah, unusually.
2: Yeah, and it was like, well, I guess Buy I should it. play it now. And, yeah. yeah, just played them all throughout. But this sort of stands out. I think it's kind mm. of something that Nathan was saying earlier about, you know, does it count? Because it's got, like, a real song included mm. with it. Uh, it's got yeah. Beyond the Sea. And I think it really sets you up for the game because it right. gives you puts you in the you know that i think 50s aesthetic you know with the song and barely yeah, sort of yeah. you know you descend essentially you descend into that underworld yeah still nice. one of the most
0: astonishing and evocative opening sequences to any game that i've ever yeah. played and uh, and i've played a few it's uh, <laughs> it, it's something else in it let's go, uh, right. let's relive it with Gary Shyman and co
3: if I could fly like birds on
4: high
3: then straight to her arms that go sailing it's far
0: From Bioshock, of course, 2007 game. Currently, at the time of recording, the trilogy is part of PS Plus on PlayStation 4. It is, yeah. So if you've never somehow managed to avoid those games, uh, we've covered them all on our Deep Dive Review podcast, Kane and Rince, starting way back in issue 69 with the original Bioshock. We covered the second one, Infinite, more recently as well. Do check those shows out on Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, Pocket Casts. Uh, They're also on Spotify, I believe. So before we hear about the last piece and talk a little bit more about uh, the Tomb Raider suites, I just want to thank you both so much for coming on. Thank Thank you you. very much. Yes, good. It all came together nicely um, in just a a few short days. Thanks to to your PR folks as well for, um, (laughs) for pulling the strings. And um, yes, there is now a communal sound of play loving with all yes. things called sound of play. Um, so, yeah, uh, plugs. Firstly, where can people find you and the things that you
2: make, Luke? Um, so the main places to find me um, are on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Luke Earl 414. That's Earl with an E at the end because everyone forgets. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, on Twitter and Instagram um, and if you want to hear the soundscape, yes, um, sound of play soundscape um, that is currently on BBC Sounds, and I think we'll be on for the next eight months, which is quite good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's going right. to be there for a long time, hopefully. Amazing, BBC Sounds. Yeah, sounds I know. Proper, isn't it? You know, it's we're not on BBC what, Sounds. Just well, saying. you never know. Sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, when Jessica decides it's she's had enough, maybe they'll go. You know what? come on because when I well, actually that was the first thing I thought when I was listening to um, I listened to a random episode I just picked mm. one because um, I was idea. like you know what should I listen to and I do think you do sound like a radio presenter oh thank you but well I I, I've done a little in, but, uh, yeah it's like you, you do talking, you do like, you well, sound yeah.
0: very professional Leon thank you uh, yeah I was yeah, like I've been this doing this quite a long before. time <laughs> For well, five years, yes, I've, I've done a little, yeah. Well, yes, uh, I think I've been podcasting in 11 years now, wow, and great. I've done a little bit of local radio uh, talking about football, completely different things. Um, mm-hmm. but yes, thank you for saying so, and yes, uh, anyone who can pull any strings at the BBC to get me that gig or any gig, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely, my DMs are open, as they say. Right. Uh, that would be the dream come true. Um, and Nathan, uh, where can people, you're, you're extremely uh, contactable on social media. You're a follow back kind of person.
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I do, because I believe that's fair when people follow yeah, me. that's I really think nice. It's, I should yeah. I should return the favour. So, you know, I have no problems with that. It doesn't matter who you are. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Um. So yeah, you can you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm even YouTube. on yeah YouTube. LinkedIn is my business profile. Of course.
2: Um, we have a web uh,
1: SoundCloud. Indeed, yes, that's there as well. Well remembered. Um, IMDb. Although I'm not <laughs> quite sure of the uh, authenticity of the information no, there. It didn't look I, right. I didn't give them anything. No. Um so they Any I, fun I think, trivia you learned
0: about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And there's also I was quite um pleased to say um a Wikipedia page uh about me. Yes. Um and I'm also apparently they they they've marked me as a renowned McCree, apparently. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> there there no. aren't many, but I'm apparently I'm one of them. So yeah, I was, was going to say. I'm trying to think. I'm,
0: I'm thinking of Nanny McPhee, but that's not the same thing at <laughs> not all. Not quite. No, wow. no. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah.
1: it's a good movie, my kids love it. Yeah, yeah. Emma Thompson. Um, yeah, and, and so also we, also we have a yeah. um, a website for the Tomb Raider Suite, which is yes, Tomb Raider yes. Suite dot com. Um, right,
2: and that's available on all streaming services as well. Yeah, so you can yeah. start I Spotify, see. And Amazon. Yeah, it's great. Okay, that's amazing. So, because I was
0: wondering, uh, has there or is there going to be physical release, vinyls, that kind of thing? Yes, there
1: there is already. So there's a full digital release. There's also a dual-case CD, vinyl, which is a double vinyl album, and um, a deluxe tin CD as well. And that's all available through our website. Well, there you go.
0: And that lines us up beautifully for the closing track for this Sound of Play, which again, I think to, I mean, millions of people bought this game, uh, probably quite a few people talking about those Steam sales. These games are, these games are, pop up in those and people will have added them to their collection out of nostalgia and no doubt redabbled in those early uh, sections, particularly of Tomb Raider 2, Venice, memories of hopping from boat to boat, smashing through windows and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so what did you do to the this uh, famous piece to embellish it with your orchestra
1: and your choir and Abbey Road? Well, uh, do you know what? With this piece, I did absolutely nothing. The, <laughs> the, the thing that I wanted to hear was it just played by real strings, because the, sure. the actual orchestration in this piece of music is strings and harpsichord, and that's yeah. it. So I just wanted to hear real strings play it, and they played it absolutely beautifully, and I couldn't be more impressed by that. Oh, that's so cool! Uh, yeah, I
0: was going to say because obviously, for, again, those of us who were there and have nostalgia for for the early Tomb Raider games, there's something comforting and nice and reassuring about those uh, the the whatever software packages, libraries you used back in the day to to get the sound, but. That's not to say that we couldn't sense that maybe you were, you know, there was the sense that you were going for something even more grand and orchestral if you'd had the the tools available to you. Sure.
1: Sure. You know, I, I, I spoke to my boss at the time and I said, look, you know, we, we need to release this album. We need to get a live orchestra playing it. And he was like, oh, no, I'm not interested. And I'm like, what? Come on, let's do this. Right. It, you know, it took me 20 years to actually convince the people that we should and you know now we've done it it's it's a it's a huge pressure off my back you can't oh, believe that's it great.
0: it's so it's so cool that you've still got that uh that passion for this work that you you did almost quarter of a century ago because i've, I've, I've sometimes i mean you know we have a lot of composers on here and um and they tend to you know absolutely love their work but sometimes you get the folks who did work on games back in Mm. the day and Mm. they've kind of almost like in the same way as like paul weller wouldn't play his jam stuff for years like it's like oh that's my juvenilia. i don't do that anymore but actually it's really important to people
1: yeah you know i i was concerned when um i started this project back in uh 2016 in the summer of 2016 i was Mm. concerned that i wouldn't find the motivation you know the energy to kind of Go through all this material which I'd written twenty years ago, you know, yeah. and and I think most composers will sympathise with that. That yeah. when you do listen to your old compositions, it's like, oh my god, that's terrible! I could have done <laughs> it so much better now, you know. Right, and 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 I was and I was worried that I was going to feel like that, but when I started listening to the tunes, <laughs> I, I thought I was like, well, actually, I do this, quite like this. This is alright. <laughs> yeah, and and although it's not the way that i could do it now mm. It still it has something unique about it and the fact that i was extending these tunes out to three minutes and writing new material for them that mm. also gave me motivation because i was actually writing something new so yeah it wasn't simply just a you know a sound production job it was actually a composition job um and so i really really enjoyed it and um you know, I, uh, I I I surprised myself. I think in, in the project, um, and and I'm really really happy how it turned out.
2: It's a beautiful piece. Like we, um, I've been lucky enough to see it twice now live in concert. Great. And I think that is, if anyone gets the chance, because I know um it's in Paris next. In October. Yeah, we have
1: a, we have another concert at Le Grand Rex. I'll just do this plug. Yeah. Please Le do, Gr- please Le Grand Rex in Paris on the 24th of October this year. Don't miss Par-
2: it. Paris Games Week as well. Yeah, um, exactly. Paris. But Williams yeah, so Week. seeing this music live is a whole different experience. I sort of sat on the front row and I remember meeting with Nathan beforehand. That's, Nathan's very approachable. Like, yeah. I, I can't stress this enough. And there was like he did a little small meet with some people who were already in London the, at the first show. So we're at this pub and came in. And I remember saying to Nathan that you know, I wouldn't cry at the show, like, you're not going to make me cry, you know, and then, and then I did, and it's like, you know, this, and this song in particular is just so powerful, and like Trigger. Nathan said, it's the, it's the strings, Yeah, yes. you know, they are just like, when you just, it hits you, um, and yeah, just, you know, when it, and, when
1: it, when you see 40 people or more all playing together in sync, it, it's jaw-dropping, it's just unbelievable yeah. how they do it, this is, this is the <laughs> thing for me, and you know, in in our orchestra lineups, we've got uh, seventy six people in the orchestra, and we've got a forty voice choir. So you know, it's over a hundred people all performing at exactly the same time, all in sync with each other, and it's just phenomenal how it happens. And you know, it it is moving, and it does bring tears to people's eyes. You know, not just from a nostalgic point of view, but just simply it's an awesome thing to go and watch and i would urge anyone that's never seen a live orchestra to just go and see this it, yeah. it will blow you away absolutely superb well it's been my absolute
0: pleasure to have you both on luke and nathan thank thanks once again for joining me thank you thank you on You're our great. sound of play <laughs> go yeah. and check out luke's sound of play <laughs> and we'll yeah. leave you with this uh, amazing piece from the tomb raider suite by nathan It's Venice as if you didn't know. See you next time on Sound of Play.